Hi, I'm the Contract Tutor, and welcome back to Basic Contract Law for Students. This episode is going to discuss one of my favorite topics from fall semester, warranties. Warranties are under the UCC, and there are two types, implied and express. Implied warranties include the implied warranty of merchantability and the implied warranty of fitness for a particular purpose. Now, under the implied warranty of merchantability, this applies if the seller, who is a merchant in the narrow sense, ordinarily sells goods of the kind, right? This warranty means that the goods are fit for their ordinary purpose. So if the seller is a merchant in the narrow sense, so they deal in goods of the kind, then it's implied that the goods are merchantable and they are fit for their ordinary purpose. Because it's implied, the merchant seller doesn't have to state it because the law implies this warranty. So this warranty won't be implied if I'm buying a car from T-Mobile because they're not a merchant of cars. They don't ordinarily sell them. So be careful with what kind of merchant you see. It needs to be a merchant in the narrow sense. Also, the term ordinary purpose trips students up a lot, and I think that's the main reason students get this implied warranty of merchantability confused with the fitness of particular purpose. So the ordinary purpose, for example, a car's ordinary purpose would be for driving, for getting from point A to point B. But if my car's radio goes out, that won't be covered under this warranty for my car because my car's ordinary purpose is not for listening to the radio. It's for driving. So be very careful with the merchant and the ordinary purpose. Next is the implied warranty of fitness for a particular purpose. The seller for this one does not have to be a merchant, but they must have skills or expertise in the good. So first, the seller must have a reason to know of the buyer's particular purpose. So the buyer doesn't actually have to tell the seller about it, but the seller does have to have a reason to know of their purpose. Second, the seller must have reason to know that the buyer is relying on the seller's skill or judgment to furnish appropriate goods. And third, the buyer must rely upon the seller's skill or judgment. That is very important. If the buyer is not actually relying on the seller's skill or judgment, then this warranty will not apply. So for example, if you come to my boot store and you tell me you want to hike Mount Kilimanjaro, I'm going to recommend a specific pair of boots for you. But then you go and you buy these pink boots that you think are much better. When you take them to Mount Kilimanjaro, your boots fall apart. But because you didn't rely on my recommendation of a different pair of brown boots, then you won't be able to assert this implied warranty of fitness for a particular purpose. So let's do another example. Naya is an amateur photographer, but she knows everything about cameras. I tell Naya that I want to buy a camera from her to take prom photos. She tells me that she has the perfect camera for my needs and sells it to me. During the photo shoot, I find out that the shutter speed isn't fast enough for prom photos. Naya breached the implied warranty of fitness for a particular purpose because she had reason to know of my purpose, being that I told her I needed a camera for prom photos. She had reason to know I would rely on her judgment because I asked for her opinion. And third, I did rely on her opinion in the end. Thus, 
Naya breached the implied warranty for fitness of a particular purpose. Now, with implied warranties, they're very easy to disclaim. To disclaim an implied warranty, it just needs to be in writing and conspicuous. So it could be language like, as is, with all faults. There's no warranty if the buyer had the opportunity to examine goods prior to entering the contract. So the buyer either examined the goods and missed something, or they refused to examine. The implied warranties can also be excluded or modified by course of performance, course of dealing, or usage of trade. Next, we have an express warranty. These are very common, and they are definitely going to be tested. These entail a promise to make good for losses within their scope, whether or not such losses were foreseeable, uncertain, or avoidable. So you need an affirmation of fact or promise that related to the goods and becomes a part of the basis of the bargain between the parties. So those are your three elements for an express warranty. An express warranty will usually be stated, right? Because it's express. So for example, a car salesman says that you can bring the car back within 10 days for a full refund. That would be an express warranty. What is not an express warranty? General statements by the seller such as, these goods are the best or they'll last a lifetime. They're of good quality. These goods are in perfect condition. So these are generally regarded as expressions of the seller's opinion and do not create an express warranty. When can one breach an express warranty? Breach occurs only if the goods are defective upon delivery and not if the goods later become defective through abuse or neglect. For example, you deliver 5,000 shirts to my clothing store, telling me the shirts are of the highest quality and warrantying against tears. I allow the shirts to sit in unsealed storage for three years, and then moths eat the clothes. I can't come back and say that you breached the express warranty you gave me because the shirts weren't damaged upon delivery and I'm the one who neglected them. Now, disclaimers for express warranties are very different than for implied warranties. So a defendant is going to assert a disclaimer as a defense. So the rule is, disclaimers and express warranties shall be construed wherever reasonable as consistent with each other, but subject to the parole evidence rule. So this means that the plaintiff, in accordance with the parole evidence rule, shows that there was even a warranty to disclaim. So if I'm the plaintiff and you're the defendant, and you're saying, hey, that's disclaimed. I had disclaimed that warranty, so your claim isn't valid. I'm going to come back and say, okay, you're telling me that you have disclaimed this warranty. Well, I'm going to show the court that there was even a warranty to disclaim. Let's see the warranty that you are saying that you are disclaiming. That's what I'm going to say. Now, whether or not I can introduce that evidence and show that there is a warranty to disclaim is subject to the parole evidence rule, which we discussed in an earlier episode. So if it's submitted, that's how the court will see that there was a warranty. And then the court will try to reconcile the warranty and the disclaimer, trying to construe that they are consistent with each other. But that's pretty rare that they will be consistent with each other because they're literally opposites. And thus the express warranty 
will probably prevail. This is why disclaimers can be a weak defense for an express warranty. So if you see an express warranty on the test and there's a disclaimer issue, as long as you can determine that the parole evidence rule is not going to bar any evidence that there was a warranty, so I'm able to submit, hey, there's a warranty, let me show it to you, then basically the defendant's going to lose because the express warranty will prevail over the disclaimer. All right, let's do a quick rundown of warranties. They're under the UCC. There's two types, implied and express. For implied warranties, we have an implied warranty of merchantability, which means that there's a merchant in the narrow sense selling something to you, and they're saying that this good is fit for its ordinary purpose. Then there's the implied warranty of fitness for a particular purpose, where the seller has to have reason to know of the buyer's purpose and reason to know that the buyer will rely on their judgment and skill in suggesting what to buy. And most importantly, that the buyer must actually rely on the seller's skill or judgment. It's easy to disclaim implied warranties. Now, express warranties, we discussed our three elements. And we said that disclaimers are a poor defense for express warranties because the court is probably going to see the express warranty and decide that the express warranty will prevail over the disclaimer. I'm the Contract Tutor, and thank you for listening to Basic Contract Law for Students.